Love Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out there. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. Wow, it's November 22nd, y'all. Thanksgiving week. Well, not Thanksgiving weekend, but it's pre-Thanksgiving weekend, y'all. How y'all doing out there? Welcome to uh, the Hushmo Black Forum. we got a great, great show for you this evening. Uh, I don't know. I was talking to one of my listeners here last uh week sometime they told me that I had a loud <laughs> a loud cheer or something to that effect. In the background we tried to uh remedy, remedy that uh annoyance of this week. We got a new cheer, y'all. Hey the hospital uh is looking out for the listening the listening audience. Yeah. How y'all doing? Y'all ready for uh turkey day? Who's cooking what? Who got the chilling? Hey, don't tell me y'all don't know about no chilling. No. <laughs> hey, don't even try it. Don't even try it. I know somebody's cooking some chitlin. Get a hushmo holler. Get, oh, no, don't nobody cook them at, uh, at the hushmo's uh, house. Don't nobody eat them but me. Hey, <laughs> Hey, I, I got five pounds in the freezer now. I got five pounds in the freezer, y'all. Anybody want to? No, I ain't inviting nobody over for five pounds of chitlins. Five pounds by the time we, I cook them down, they I ain't going to have them more than a uh, handful. We ain't going to have no, no more than a handful, y'all. I We'll share them now. We don't mind sharing. But uh, I know somebody got some chitlins out there. Somebody. Somebody got some chitlins. Go get the Hushmo holler. Come on over, Hushmo. Break me off a... Break me off a helping. Wow. Republicans up in arms, as always. I mean, I, you know, I've never seen anything like it. Everything uh, that this president does is uh, some kind of a uh, create some kind of uh, uproar in the Republican Party. Y'all. I, I don't know what they think. They, uh, I, I don't know. They. Uh, don't seem to uh, really be in, interested in uh, governing, you know. I, I, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. They don't really seem as though uh, they're interested in uh, governing. How they be up there in the Congress? I, I, I can't figure that one out. What's the uh, What's the purpose? 
What's the purpose? This is what the 113th covers. This is a, the do nothingness Congress there ever was. I mean, I I couldn't be a speaker of the House like Mr. John Boehner and my legacy is one of doing absolutely nothing. That that's his leg that's his legacy. He led a Congress that did absolutely nothing for the last two years. It looks like it's gonna be the same over the next two years. So for four years his legacy is gonna be I led this Congress that did absolutely nothing. I you know, I it don't make sense to me, but uh, who am I? Who am I, y'all? <laughs> the hush mode. If I rule the world, you know. <laughs> if the hush mode rule the world. A whole lot of things would be different. Mm-mm. A whole lot of things would be uh, a lot different, y'all. Mm-mm. But I don't know. I mean, to each his own, I guess. I, just talking about me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be there, Speaker of the House. But um, Mr. John Boehner is, is forgetting he's not just Speaker <laughs> of the half of the House. He's Speaker of the whole House, all, how many ever? 500 congressmen or whatever. He's speaker of that whole house, yeah. He ain't just speaker of the Republican part of it. The president just uh, signed uh, an executive order, yeah. Uh, giving some five million illegal aliens uh, a reprieve. They don't have to worry about being deported, at least for the next three years. I mean, the Republicans are on the war path. I don't, I don't know what for. I mean, it's just uh, President told them, if they don't like what he did, pass a bill. In fact, they've already got a bill sitting on John Boehner's desk. They've already got an immigration uh, bill sitting on John Boehner's desk, and it's been sitting there for over a year and a half. It's been sitting right there on his desk for about a year and a half, yeah. Senate passed it in a bipartisan uh, the Senate passed it. It's been sitting on John Boehner. He was a speaker of the House, the whole House. Now, he just speaker of uh, the 240 uh, Republicans, how many ever they got there. He's speaker of the whole House. He hasn't... Uh, brought the bill up for a vote. He have not brought that bill up for a vote. And when the president take uh, action on his own, they go crazy. They go crazy. Talking about uh, doing everything they can to reverse his action. Why not you take action? Why not you bring the, a bill that the Senate passed up for a vote? Why not do that, Mr. Speaker? I mean, what are you speaker of? Just uh, the uh, 240 uh, uh, congressional uh, people up there in the Congress, or are you Speaker of the House of Representatives? 
What are you speaker of? That's what I want to know. Uh, I mean, Abraham Lincoln, he uh, issued the Emancipation Proclamation with an executive order, yeah? With an executive order. Oh, no, oh, they, they killed him. <laughs> oh, they killed him. Now, hopefully, uh, they won't uh, go that far with this uh, with this action by this president. But uh, from listening to them, you think they are, uh, you know, the ones that opposed to them, but just as uh, as upset as the uh, as the folks who was opposing Lincoln back there in sixteen in eighteen sixty three when he issued that thing. That Emancipation Proclamation with the that executive order. Uh, I hope it doesn't uh, get that far, but uh, you know, we we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen here. They uh, somebody suggested that the one of the Republicans. Uh, Said that the president should go to jail. Now, how is this one guy <laughs> representing some forty thousand people in Mississippi? <laughs> is the, suggesting that somehow this president, one third of the government, uh, is violating uh, some law? It's crazy, though. This is crazy. And all they got to do is uh, ask their leader the Speaker of the House, to bring in uh, the immigration bill that's been sitting on his desk for going on two years and uh, solve the problem. Solve the problem or, or take a step toward, a, a large step toward solve the problem. Now the president has backed him into a box, has boxed them in. They're going to have to do something uh, like their job and pass some kind of uh, immigration bill. What is the problem? Oh, I know what the problem is, y'all. I know what the problem is. They want to keep all these illegal uh, uh, people in the country. Oh, they want to keep them in the country because uh, uh, that provides a a cheap labor uh, source. What they don't want is them to become citizens and uh, vote it's all about that vote, y'all. That is the uh, the crux of the matter. It's all about that vote. They don't want uh, the 11 million people to become citizens uh, because uh, that might harm uh, their uh, their power. That might erode their power. That might take away their power altogether. <laughs> uh, if you look at the what uh, what they've done to are those uh, 11 million illegal. If you look at what the Republican Party has done to those 11 million illegal, 
they want to keep them as uh, as far as away from their citizenship as they can possibly keep them. Yet they want to retain. It's just like uh, when they was railing against that Southern Homestead Act back in 1866. Uh, uh, that Southern Homestead Act that set aside 46 million acres of property for uh, the ex-slaves. They railed against that thing and eventually defeated it. Got it repealed. It stayed on the books some 10 years, but what they was after was making sure that they kept the slave labor cost as close to slave labor as they uh, could without uh, letting the blacks go anywhere. They didn't want the blacks to get a hold of no real estate and be uh, self-sufficient. That was out. They might uh, damage their power uh, base. That might damage the uh, power. You might actually uh, create a situation where uh, the five million uh, ex-slaves become uh, the main engine of uh, production on an equal level with uh, the other uh, workers in the country. Imagine that. Imagine if they had a game allowed those 46 million acres to uh, to get in the hands of the 5 million uh, ex-slaves there. Imagine if that law had stayed on the books uh, another five years until 1881 when Booker T. Washington uh, set up Tuskegee down there and was looking for uh, real estate for uh, America's African descent. Imagine if they had allowed them to uh, get that 46 million acres. Uh, we would One day, we wouldn't be talking about this income uh, inequality. We wouldn't be talking about that today. I, I'm pretty sure of that. But they didn't do that. And now, uh, it's the same type of uh, same type of things going on now. They want the uh, illegals to stay here because if they didn't, they would have been got them out the country. Uh, this ain't no new phenomenon. This thing been going on for uh, shit a half a century or more. They've been have, having a problem with uh, people coming across the border, taking uh, low-wage jobs, working. Those people come here looking for a better way, a better life. They're fleeing uh, uh, their own country because... Uh, of the opportunities that uh, they believe uh, exist here in uh, these good old United States. Uh, and is willing to work at a much lower rate than uh, the American citizens. So, oh, yeah, the powers that be, they love that. They love to have people working for 2 or $3 an hour. But when you come uh, to talk about uh, giving them citizenship, oh, no, we can't do that. We, hey, what are you talking about? They may vote, vote um, they may vote us out of power. That's what the thing is all about, y'all. The vote. It ain't about nothing else but the vote. That's what that thing is about, y'all. Hey, y'all, welcome to the Hospital Black Forum, where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it longer, to do it better, and out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk, y'all. And, and for the last uh, and for the last uh, three or four months, you know, we've had to crank the volume up a little bit just to uh, 
make sure we uh, we get a word in edgewise, as they say. Hey, Ferguson, I don't know what's going on with Ferguson. Y'all. They haven't, uh, the grand jury, for some reason, haven't uh, issued the uh, their findings or their recommendation. Uh, for whatever reason, I can't imagine it taking so long. They could have did this three months ago. I mean, this is not a hard, uh, from my advantage point, it's not a hard uh, decision to make. You're either going to indict uh, uh, this police officer for killing someone unarmed uh, teenager, Michael Brown, or you're not. The governor of Missouri issued some state of emergency about five days ago. For some reason, I fly uh, beyond me. I mean, what? why would you, uh, why would you issue uh, some state of emergency when there's not an emergency? Why? <laughs> what? I don't, I don't, uh, I don't quite uh, understand the uh, rationale there. Why why are you issuing this uh, state of emergency and, uh, when there's not one? That's the craziest thing I've seen. Uh, well, no, it's not. No, it's not. Stop it. <laughs> I'm supposed to stop it. But while a grand jury out there in Missouri is taking its good old time about uh, deciding whether or not to indict this police officer, the governor decided to preempt all this stuff here. He's going to call a state of emergency in case uh, there's a need for it. I mean, you got to call it. National Guards up. You gotta put uh, policemen on some overtime. You gotta do a whole. It's costing money. Anytime you declare a state of emergency, oh, you you got to spend more money here on this thing, you know? Whether there's any emergency or not, if you declare one, you got to do all kinds of things that has to happen there. Yeah, yeah. That costs money. So I don't I don't know uh, how the people of Missouri feel about that. They're tax dollars, but you know I don't know. Uh, one thing I do know is that here in this country in 2014, uh, more blacks are being killed by the police uh, than when killed that was than was killed by the police in the 1920s. Yeah? And they got all kinds of reasons uh, that uh, they're being killed to justify them being killed. <laughs> Stand your ground. Uh, uh, policemen are afraid for their life. How do how do uh, these guys get to be uh, these police officers? How do they get that job uh, when they're afraid of uh, these unarmed people? These unarmed uh, young black people. Somehow they uh, they're afraid of all of them. They ain't got no guns. They just uh, you there in a, uh, with in a car with a gun. Why not just uh, guy got his arm in the car? Why not just take off, put the car in drive, and just take a run over, drag him down the street with his arm in the car. But but you. Immediately, uh, 
somehow freak out and uh, fear for your life, although you got the gun and you were in the car. There's an armed man, somebody outside of your car. Put the car in drive or shoot him, which you did. <laughs> but then after you shot him while you were sitting there in the car, you're still afraid for your life, even though this guy's running down the street. You open the door and chase him, shoot him some more. You're still afraid for your life. What? What? At what point do you stop fearing for your life? You, you know, I, uh, hopefully the grand jury uh, would ask, ask the question to the officer there. At what point did you stop fearing for your life? Was it the first shot? Was it while you were sitting in your car and you shot him? They say it was shot right there in the car, in the arm at least. Once. He shot him at least one time while he was in, the, in his car. At what point did you stop fearing for your life when the guy took off and was running down the street and you got outside and was chasing him and was still shooting? At what point did you stop fearing for your life? When you shot him in the head, top of his head as he was falling to the ground? Is that when you stopped fearing for your life? Or when? That's just asking the question. I, I suppose the grand jury asked the same thing because Surely, at some point, uh, the police officer uh, stopped fearing for his life, or maybe he didn't. He just kept shooting. Hey, uh, uh, I just, I'm praying for uh, peace and calm. For Ferguson out there, the people I'm praying for. I uh, just asked the man upstairs to uh, keep the peace. And uh, while you're keeping the peace, instill some, uh, bring about some justice. Bring about some justice out there in Ferguson, Missouri. Because right now, uh, there uh, seems to be little of, uh, of it, just as that is. seems to be little of it out there. they got a track record of injustice uh, out there in uh, Ferguson, Missouri. they got a track record of injustice. I don't know... Uh, Maybe that'll change. Hey, uh, the hospital pulled something, y'all. I don't know what happened. The hospital's, uh, went to stoop down today and almost, uh, <laughs> Pull something out of place, yo. Yeah. We ain't as other as we used to be. We ain't as other as we used to be, yo. Yeah. 
I ain't going to make that claim. We, we, <laughs> Hushbo made a sudden move, yo. He made one of those, he made one of those 22-year-old moves. And, uh, quickly, uh, quickly discovered that, uh, that that wasn't a thing to do. You can't. <laughs> hey, we we've been uh, trying to deal with that thing here since. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We know one thing. <laughs> we 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 took that move. Uh, we took that move out of our uh, playbook. <laughs> We took that move out of our playbook, y'all. That thing was, uh, that thing should not be in the playbook. Not when you almost set me up. We thought we had it covered. Okay. Where is, uh, we thought we had it covered, y'all. Ooh. Oh yeah, we 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 oh we know better now. We <laughs> we we uh one of those old combat injuries, I suppose. We uh. One of those old combat moves, you know, or wounds, I should say. Hey, y'all, uh, it's about uh, 26 after the hour, y'all. We done went right through this break. We're going to get into the show. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls, though, y'all, right now. We'll uh, catch you on the, on the back end of it. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Ultima Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
You're listening to the Heitzmo Black Forum. And now, here's your host, Heitzmo Black. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Heitzmo Black Forum, y'all. We, uh... Hey, it's November, November 22nd, y'all. Coming up on Thanksgiving. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite holidays, really. Thanksgiving is not that, you know. You seem to be, uh, uh, that's a family uh, type of a holiday, you know. We always enjoy getting together with uh, family this time of year, and. Uh, Although, I don't know what we got to be thankful for, just being alive. That's, I suppose, yeah, we're going to thank the man upstairs for allowing us to just say day that he created. We're going to rejoice in it. I think he was special to me, anyway. One of my favorite uh, holidays. Got to figure out how we're going to do this turkey. Trying to figure out who uh doing the chitlins. I mean, we ain't talking about my five pounds. <laughs> my five pounds accounted for. <laughs> my five pounds of chitlins is accounted for, y'all. Hey, we've got a free call in number one eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. If y'all want to get in, a word or two with the husband. We we take a call or two. We don't take many calls, but we will. We will. Uh, so so many things. Uh, so much is going on in the world. We we advocate for uh, social justice out here on behalf of America's African in the sense what we do. Not because we don't love everybody. We uh, by extension find ourselves advocating for that uh, community. And Lord knows, 
We need all the advocacy we can get, y'all. We need all the advocacy we can get. It's a lot of crazy, crazy uh, stuff going on in the world. I don't know what's going on with the, what's going on with the, the Middle East over there. You know, same old crazy stuff. Nothing changed. Somebody blew up some stuff in Israel. Bad people did. Netanyahu, he he planning on what he's gonna do in retaliation. How many people he gonna kill? Where five Israelis died, he got to kill at least two thousand Palestinians. <laughs> Somehow. That's going to uh, somehow that's going to that's going to make everything all right. Two thousand for five. That's going to even that thing out, yeah. That thing's been going on over there. That uh, that. Uh, what? How many? How many hundreds of years? I, I don't know. It must be an end to it somewhere. I can't see one. I can't see one right now. I mean, but it must be an end to it. I mean, surely, surely it's got to be an end to it at some point. I mean. Everybody. So you gotta you gotta kill everybody before you can protect everybody. 
don't know how many crusades was it. I guess over the years, it was what, two or three of them at least. I know it was at least three uh, crusades that history record. Some of the Christians from Europe decided to go back to Jerusalem and and protect the, I guess, the Christians there or whatever. I don't. I know they stole a bunch of stuff out of Solomon's temples. And that's, that's what the history is saying there. I don't know. Anybody know anything about that? The Temple of Night. They went over there and stayed for years uh, pillaging. <laughs> Who they, they were? I, I, the first crusades was uh, under, uh, I believe it was Pope, Pope of the Catholic Church. Uh, they went over under his. Uh, Authority, yeah, the Pope of the Catholic Church. Those popes, if you look at uh, the history of that Catholic Church now, they've been into all kinds of things over the years. Uh, they issued uh, that Dom de Versa thing, 1452, we have Nicholas V, Pope Nicholas V. He issued uh, that Dom de Versa, which by many has been credited with uh, ushering in uh, the West African slave trade. 1452, the Dom de Versa. Give a mission to uh, Portugal, the King of Portugal and the King of Spain, giving them permission to enslave, uh, among others, the West Africans. Yeah. That ushered in that West African slave trade, yeah. Yeah, the church. We got the church. They, uh, uh, played a big part in this. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what his intent was. I don't know if his intent was to, uh, haul some 15, 20 million people out of that. Out of uh, Africa, I seen a little thing where it says uh, people say that uh, slaves was uh, brought out of Africa. And somebody rebutted that and said no, slaves was not brought out of Africa. People was brought out of Africa and turned into slaves. That's a different. Uh, that's a different, that's a powerful statement, too, if you think about it. So slaves wasn't brought out of Africa. People was brought out of Africa and turned into slaves. Certainly, that, that's the story here in this country. People was brought here into <coughs> in this country and turned into slaves. People was brought out of Africa to this country and turned into slaves. Yeah. Uh, we uh been kinda of come uh we've been trying to come to grips with that uh every since. Uh yeah. We've been kind of trying to come to grips with that thing ever since then. Uh, 
can still hear today in 2014. We still haven't uh, really uh, haven't really uh, come to grips with it. We still uh, well uh, people are still trying to justify why it was that uh, they were turned into slaves. Somebody said it was a, uh, it was, that was their, uh, they was predestined to be slaves. Uh, the man of say that's my God did it. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> they blame it on God. I ain't never heard God tell nobody to slave nobody. I, I, I know God to tell me that. I, I talk to him every day. I talk to God every day. I know preach a prophet or teach and all that stuff, but I do. I pray every day. I, I, talk, I talk to God every day. Yeah. So, uh, I ain't never missed to me about uh, enslaving people, enslaving somebody. I, yeah, I never came up in my conversation whether somebody was ordained to be slaves or that somebody was superior <laughs> to somebody else. That I I I never uh I got I never got into uh to that conversation. But apparently someone has they well yeah people set out to prove it <laughs> scientifically that uh Somebody was superior to somebody else. I, I never did uh, figure out who uh, who the superior folks was. <laughs> but uh, I would imagine I would imagine now that uh, those that was claiming period. Uh, was more than likely the same ones that was uh, running the uh, the test. I would imagine, <laughs> just a uh, little of me now, I, I would imagine that uh, those who claim to, uh, that uh, somehow someone was superior was the very one uh, who, uh, well, there was part of that community. Period. There was on that on that part of the equation. The ones who set up the uh, test to demonstrate uh, the superiority of uh, when set of people over there. Other than I mean, uh, I love the man upstairs talked about everybody's equal. Uh, he made man in his own image. He did. I don't. I don't know if he said anything about he made certain men in his own image and some men he didn't. No people we talking about we ain't talking about no man we talking about everybody yeah, humans. But he made man in his own image. Is that all men or just some men? And uh how do you go about uh 
terminate who uh just who it is that uh just that in his image. Well I know I am. I never I, I determined that I was uh made an image of uh, my God. I yeah, I, I don't know about anybody else. I, some, <laughs> I, I, I ain't, that's why I ain't speaking for nobody but the Ashmo. Uh, when I, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about me. <laughs> I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't talking about nobody else. I'm talking about me. I, uh, I think I'm in the, uh, was made, created by my God in his image. And that's just me now. I, there are those who uh, somehow believe that uh, apparently God made uh, some folks in his image and some folks not. I don't know what those other folks, I don't know what image uh, those other folks are in. Who's, uh, but if God created heaven and earth, <laughs> if he created everything, uh, and made man in his image. How? What? What other image? Uh, and who? Who uh, are the ones that uh, somehow got made into something else? I don't know, yeah. I don't know how that thing worked, but I know the Eskimo now. How? I'm a spitting image of uh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, through uh, that Christ spirit that uh, he put in me yeah that has me forever uh, linked to him that has me forever linked to him that's just me now that's, that's my that's my take on it um, Everybody got their own take on God. Yeah, everybody got their own take on God. They, you know, that's a personal. God is a personal uh, thing. I mean, everybody when when that's when that time on Earth is up, uh, it's just going to be between you. Uh, in your God, <laughs> ain't nobody. It ain't no third person gonna be involved in that thing. Remember, God said, "Don't put nobody before me and you." Uh-uh. You, you, uh, it ain't gonna be nobody else in between you and God. Let me tell you that right now. In my mind, that that thing's gonna be between you uh, and your God. Uh, when you, when your uh, human, this human pile of dirt. Uh, that uh, that uh, is man. When, when you close your eyes uh, for the last time, uh, it's just going to be between you and the man upstairs. Uh, ain't nobody else uh, uh, going to be uh, there running uh, uh, running cover for you or interference for you. It's just going to be you uh, and the man upstairs. So uh, whatever you believe, how you perceive uh, God to be, it's just going to be uh, you and uh, your perception of him. Now, most uh, we know that most people 
most humans uh, can't conceive of a spiritual uh, God. They don't believe God exists in the spirit. Most people, they can't conceive of it. Most man, man cannot conceive of a spiritual God. Uh, God is spirit. Uh, that's what I believe. I, that's what I know. Me personally, that's what I know. I have this little run-in with that spiritual God way back when. I called on him. I mean, it has, I called on him in distress. And that spiritual God uh, answered my uh, <laughs> my call and uh, revealed uh, some things to me. I mean, that's a, that's a personal thing. That's a one-on-one type of uh, epiphany. That's a one-on-one type thing. There, everybody. But everybody, I believe, uh, have some kind of experience uh, uh, with uh, their God at some point in their lives. But uh, I don't know. I uh, Hey, y'all. Uh, we, uh, what time is it here? Wow. It's about, uh, Eight minutes to eight, y'all, in the ATL. We come to you live and in living color from the ATL, y'all, over blog talk radio every Saturday uh, from seven to nine. We uh forward to this day all week. We look forward to getting out here. Look, my friends on Facebook, how y'all done? I haven't even sent y'all a message yet. Let me uh, see if I can get y'all hooked up here. I ain't see it. I, I ain't forgot you. That's why I ain't forgot you. You know, we don't. We... <laughs> Hey, we haven't forgot you. We're just uh, shucking and jabbing. But, uh, wow. How can we even get to you, y'all? We got to do better than this, Hushmo. You know you're supposed to be uh, taking care of my Facebook friends. How y'all doing, Facebook friends? Give me a, a shout out. I know somebody on Facebook got there listening to the Hushmo. I guess, you know, y'all get all uppity. Y'all get all uppity sometime out there on, get the shucking and jabbing on Facebook and forget to uh, get a Hushmo a shout out. We ain't going to forget you. Y'all got the message now? (laughs) Y'all don't miss half the show. Tell a friend about us, y'all. Go to my webpage, hushboblack.com. Get my new book, Racism and Hate in American Reality, y'all. Racism and Hate in American Reality. On sale at your finer bookstore now. Or the internet. (laughs) Go to the internet and Google Racism and Hate in American Reality. You'll find us. Go to my website, hushboblack.com. You can... uh, Get it there. You can get it there. We uh, it's a collection of essays, documents, and analysis uh, covering uh, that subject matter, racism and hate. 
uh, in the country. It speaks to uh, the economic inequality debate that's going on in the country today. It takes a look at the at the at the uh, what it's about, why it is. Take a look at the separate equal uh, laws that uh, contributed greatly to uh, this economic uh, inequality that exists in the country. Uh, starting uh, uh, after the Civil War, starting as soon as uh, that 13th, 14th, or 15th Amendment was installed in the Constitution. <laughs> uh, yeah. As soon as uh, that 13th, 14th, or 15th Amendment was installed, uh, the separate equal laws came about taking away the 14th Amendment protection from millions uh, of Americans, of Africans. Yeah, as soon as it was uh, put in place, the South immediately uh, began uh, taking it away. Uh, you know, I, some of the same things uh, is at play today, believe it or not. Some of the same currents that uh, was at play then <laughs> is still. Uh, is still at work in our uh, the fabric of our society today. Uh, some hundred, I don't know, hundred fifty years later, since the Civil War. Yeah, we uh, it's unbelievable that. Uh, here, 2014, we're still dealing with it, but uh, we are. And this racism and hate that I I write about, it's not so much a, a novel. I mean, it's just a collection of historical events, documents, essays uh, that uh, we document uh from uh, since the time that uh, that 14th Amendment was installed, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment was installed in the Constitution. Uh, some of some of the, some of the uh, documents, essays, uh, and historical events are uh, really eye-opening. Uh, some of them are really eye-opening up. We uh, did a lot of research into uh, that. Uh, my newest book, Racism and Hate. We haven't really marketed, haven't got it out there like uh, we should. But hopefully over the holiday season, y'all will take notice as especially with this new uh, Congress coming into uh, 
being here in January, <laughs> you're going to see, uh, you're going to see, I believe, uh, a parallel with uh, what went on under uh, President Ulysses S. Grant. So, y'all, uh, when the, the opposite party, the government down, <laughs> railing against uh, that Southern Homestead Act. I believe today they're going to shut the government down again under the guise of uh, this immigration thing and the, the affordable health care law. I think they're going to shut the government down uh, because of, uh, once again, racism is playing a part here. Uh, hey, make no mistake, racism is playing a part here. Uh, and uh, the mood of uh, those who would uh, shut this government down and and really bring the country down. Really bring the country down. Uh, it has a lot to do with racism. Racism against uh, this president of African descent and against the Americans of African descent and People of color, people of color here in the country. I mean, you think that the country has moved on beyond that, but no, they haven't. A certain segment of them haven't. I, I claim in my book, Racism and Hate and American Reality, I claim in that book that uh, still we have. Uh, some 20 to 35 percent of Americans today who uh, hold a racial bias against uh, American Americans and people of color right here in the country today. It's not a majority of uh, people, but if that number is 30 percent, you're talking about 70, 80 million Americans who have a racial uh, bias against this president for no other reason than uh, his color. And that stretches right across the political uh a land up there in that Congress show. There are people right there in the halls of government who refuse to work with this president simply because uh, of his color. Yes, yeah, just a fact, yeah. That's just a fact. Uh, The economic inequality that exists in the country today, to a large extent, has to do with the separate equal laws. Those was racist laws. It's harmed not only millions of Americans, but the entire country. Those laws harmed the entire country. Yeah. You can't. Um, yeah, that old saying about uh, injustice anywhere uh, is uh, produces uh, injustice everywhere throughout the society. You can't just uh, uh, discriminate, uh, you know, uh, practice this racism against a group of people. The system is not set up like that. This republic that we live in. Uh, fortunately, <laughs> is not set up like that. You can't just uh, harm one segment of uh, 
the republic. So you can try it. You can try it. And, and, and uh, for a while, it looks as if you're uh, succeeding. I mean, you have a separate equal law. It looks like uh, it was benefiting uh, a segment of, uh, of people. But really, uh, it wasn't. I mean, you're still dealing with it today. Still dealing with it uh, one way or the other. You still uh, got the welfare state and all this stuff, this craziness, uh, the, the uh, affirmative action and the voting and all this crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, that's harming everybody. Yeah. That ain't just uh, harming black folks or, you know, the minorities or the whoever. It's harming white people, too. Yeah, you can't. Uh, there's no way to do it in a, uh, uh, under this uh, republic, under this constitution. Uh, now, y'all don't want to admit it. It took a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, blood, sweat, and tears to uh, come to that uh, consensus. But uh, that thing... Uh, that Brown uh, versus Board of Education thing, that was a powerful, powerful uh, a statement. Now, we all think that uh, Brown versus Board of Education in 1954 was somehow just about some school integration. Yeah? Uh, it was about a lot more than that. It was about a lot, lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah. It was about setting aside all of the separate equal laws that was codified by Plessy that all of the separate equal laws that was codified by Plessy. Plessy versus Ferguson, for y'all who don't know, effectively took away 14th Amendment protections for all Americans of African descent. That's what it did. It took away 14th Amendment protections for all Americans of African descent. Yeah, nationally, not just the South. Now, now obviously, the separate equal laws uh, for the most part, was put in place by the Southern states. Started with that Southern Homestead Act. So, started with the Southern Homestead Act when they repealed that. Uh, that uh, uh, that was nothing but uh, 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 denying uh, Americans of African descent their uh, protections under uh, the 14th Amendment. If you break it all down, yeah. That's what that thing was about, yeah. But when Plessy came around in uh, 1896 and they decided that thing, uh, they effectively removed all Americans back and set out of uh, white society. It removed them out of uh, white society <laughs> with equal protection. It took away all of it in the workplace in the school place, in the public place. They took away all of that. You can join labor unions. You could be discriminated against in the workplace. Uh, you couldn't uh, 
go to any school of uh, equal uh, uh, equality. Uh, it took away all of that, harmed millions of Americans there for, you know, for the next, uh, um, for some 90 years after the Civil War, up until 1954, when Brown overturned, Brown set us out all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, Brown said all those separate equal laws was inherently unequal. Yeah, you can't, uh, people uh uh, try to somehow uh, suggest that, uh, oh, no, Brown was just talking about schools. Uh-uh. Brown was talking about 14th Amendment uh, uh, rights and protections that had been uh, taken away uh, from uh, a segment of uh, our society. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. You can't just uh, uh, take away some separate <laughs> uh, equal laws. Couldn't just take away some rights. It took away all Fourteenth Amendment rights, y'all. Period. It took away all Fourteenth Amendment rights of uh, American African descent, and that in history uh, uh, bear that out. Our history bear that out. This ain't nothing I just made up. I, I can't make up anything like that. I mean, just uh, look at history. Well, look at history. They played a uh, big, big part in the economic uh, inequality that exists in the country today. Imagine had we got that 46 million acres starting uh, with that that was set aside in the Southern Homestead Act. Imagine we had a got that American reference that had a got that 46 million acres. They had all the skills in the world to work that land, to turn it into uh, uh, some profitable uh, enterprises there, y'all. Not to mention just uh, land to stay on, to call their own, and uh, feed themselves on. Oh, oh. <laughs> Not to mention the timber and all the other natural resources that was that was on that land, uh, much like the Homestead Act of 1862, when they gave away over 200 million acres out west uh, uh, to uh, Americans of European descent, primarily. Imagine that the ex-slaves got that 46 million acres of property we'd be in a much, much better place. The country would be in a much, much better place today. But because of the racism, the hatred, the way of life that uh, some dearly uh, was trying to uh, hang on to, they prevented that from happening. They shut the government down. Back then, in 1874, they shut that government down. It was mainly over uh, that Southern Homestead. That's what that thing was about. Y'all look at the history books. Y'all check the history out. That's what that thing was about. The longest depression in our nation's history up until that time. 
was that the, that Great Depression of 1874? That was about uh, getting rid of that Southern Homestead Act, preventing uh, millions of people from acquiring uh, uh, real estate that would have provided a foothold into uh, this new society, this new free society that they found themselves in after some 300 years of uh, slavery here in this country. After some 300 years of slavery here in this country, free labor, uh, practically building, uh, practically building, building, uh, a large segment of uh, the country, a large segment of the country was built on slave labor. Yeah. A large segment of the country was built on slave labor. Now, there are those who argue that uh, reparations should be paid, reparations should be paid for those. 300 years of uh, slavery here in this country. I, on the other hand, argue, oh, for reparations, that's for sure. But I argue, my argument for reparations uh, are for uh, my 14th Amendment rights being uh, taken away. After the after the Civil War was fought, after some six hundred thousand people died uh, in that Civil War, in that 14th, 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment was put in place, they turned around and took away my my people's 14th Amendment our rights, our protections. Me, I was born here in, in Georgia in 1945 without uh, equal protection under the 14th Amendment. Uh, uh, under the 14th Amendment, I was born here in Georgia in 1945 without uh, equal protection here under the 14th Amendment. That harmed uh, economically. Absolutely. That's what the that's what Thurgood Marshall and his legal team fought so hard for. The NAACP fought so hard for us for some twenty years. From nineteen thirty three to nineteen fifty four. There was one continuous effort, one continuous lawsuit after another to uh set aside uh, the separate equal laws. And they succeeded in that in nineteen fifty four. When Brown overturned that set aside all the separate equal laws codified by Plessy, we American activists and had every right to petition that court for financial reparations right, in nineteen fifty four. They didn't do it. For a number of reasons. They didn't do it. One of those reasons was uh the court uh The court 
urged or really put a lot of pressure on Thurgood Marshall and his legal team not to petition their court for financial reparations out of fear of somehow uh, causing more racial unrest in the South. In other words, the legal team of Thurgood Marshall never petitioned that court because of some threat of racial terrorism. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's, that's the bottom line. They didn't petition that court because of the threat of racial terrorism. Now, um, Imagine that. Imagine that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what the husband was talking about. Anybody? I'm trying to. Am I making any sense, y'all? To anybody out there? Am I making any sense to anybody? When your 14th Amendment rights are taken away, you have a right to petition the court uh, for some redress. That's uh, what the nine firemen did in 2009 up in Connecticut when they felt their 14th Amendment rights was taken uh, uh, was violated in the workplace. They took that thing all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court in 2009 ruled in their favor. It's uh, yeah, your 14th Amendment rights is violated. Yeah, they can't do that to you in the workplace just because the color of your skin. Oh yeah, they sued on the fact that uh, they use the white people. Now, that somehow their 14th Amendment protections have been violated uh, because of uh, the color of their skin. Supreme Court agreed. Oh, yes. Y'all discriminated against these people because they were white. That's the same thing that happened in 1954, when Brown set aside that blessing. Oh, millions. Some, what was it back then? Some 15 million blacks in the country (laughs) have been injured because of uh, lack of 14th Amendment uh, protection. No different. They had every right to petition that court for financial reparation. I said one of the reasons that they had do it was pressure that was put on Third Red Marshall's legal team. And another, uh, uh, because of the threat of uh, this racial unrest, which Went on anyway. Emmett Till in '55, the church bombings of '63, countless of other folks hung and maimed, and all kinds of junk went on. So it didn't stop just because Thurgood Marshall's legal team then petitioned that court for financial reparations. It did not stop the racial unrest. In fact, it increased. <laughs> when Brown went down, Racial unrest increased. It increased up from 1954 through the 60s. 
people out there marching in the street. We have to get out and march in the dirty streets to get uh, uh, the so-called integration instituted. We have to march in the streets because they were still uh, not uh, abiding by it. Uh, George Wallace and the crew uh, had to uh, marshal standing in uh, school uh, colleges' doors with guns and dogs to keep people out still. Uh, they had to send the, the National Guard. They had to call out the National Guard to get people into the uh, the university. Y'all remember that? So it didn't stop any kind of uh, racial uh, terrorism. Racial terrorism continued. It continued. So that was just one of the reasons that we didn't uh, foul uh, because of that uh, threat of racial terrorism, so-called. It went on anyway, but another uh, reason that we didn't uh, uh, petition that court uh, for uh, financial reparations in 1954 was because the black community as a whole was not sophisticated enough to understand uh, the ramifications of what had just happened. Let's be honest, they we as a people was not uh, sophisticated to uh, the point where we uh, uh, where uh, to the point where we uh, should have uh, uh, collectively got together and put pressure on when well, not pressure just a uh, uh, demand that. Uh, uh, Third group marshal in the NAACP petition that court for financial reparations because uh, we have been injured in the workplace. The trade unions wouldn't, uh, you know, couldn't join the trade unions. We wouldn't get equal pay for equal work. Uh, just a whole list of uh, injuries we suffered for uh, some 90 years after that civil war was over uh, because of uh, discrimination, racism, and all that stuff. You know, Jim Crow laws that uh, was in place. Uh, we just as a group was not sophisticated enough at that time. That doesn't that doesn't uh, prevent us from uh, uh, filing that petition today. No, it doesn't stop us from filing that petition today. We won that case. We don't have to relitigate or redo anything other than petition the court for financial reparations. Those people born prior to 1954, those Americans actually said born, including myself, uh, born prior to uh, 1954, was directly injured by uh, the separate equal laws that there was in place. Was directly injured by the separate equal laws, whether they went to a segregated school or denied a uh, job uh, over here because of uh, the color of my skin or uh, denied access to uh, public facilities, uh, denied the right to vote, uh, uh, just the whole uh, litany of uh, injuries uh, that, uh, that occurred. We won that case, uh, in 1954, we won that case. All uh, we needed to do was petition that court for uh, financial reparations. 
I say it's never too late. What occurred in those 90 years after the Civil War amounted to uh, nothing less than uh, genocide. Harness of blacks was killed, hung, blown up, beat, raped, robbed, imprisoned. Just a whole list of uh, violations took place uh, in those 90 years uh, after the Civil War. We won that case. We still have uh, our right to petition the court today for financial reparations. Now, uh, people talk about, uh, oh, uh, what kind of dollar figure would you demand? Uh, I got that figured out, y'all. Check my book out, Racism and Hate at American Reality. We got a, we came up with a formula. I can tell you exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, I can tell you exactly what uh, what that number should be, uh We uh, we uh, have to uh, get back on the message. We can't uh, just sit back and uh, not pick that cross up, as I like to say, and uh, carry that thing to. Uh, the Justice Department and asking them asking them to uh, petition that court on our behalf. We have got to uh, pick that cross up y'all. and the demand that uh, uh, reparations be paid for those who were uh, directly injured uh, by the separate equal laws here in this country. We have got to uh, demand that uh, reparations be paid for those Americans who was injured directly, and those Americans uh, born prior to uh, 1954 who lived under the Jim Crow laws, who lived uh, under uh, laws that took away uh, the protections of uh, the Constitution. Yeah. Hey, y'all, it's about uh, 8.30. It's about coming up on 8.30 here, y'all. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls, and we're going to come right back and uh, close this thing out. Hey, how time flies when you're having fun, y'all. You got me the Hushmo out here on the Hushmo platform where we, our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. Not necessarily sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk, y'all. We advocate uh, advocate for justice, social justice, for justice for everybody. But uh, we advocate on behalf of America's backward descent, not because we don't love everybody. We love everybody. I want to let you know that. But by extension, we found ourselves advocating for that community. And Lord knows we need we need all the advocacy we can get, yeah. Here's the day in 2014. Uh, more of our young folks are being killed by the police and by other uh, 
members of society than uh, was killed uh, back in the 20s. So we need we need uh, all the advocacy we can get, yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick pause right now. Though. We'll be right back. Y'all hang in there. You got me to hush up. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushma Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Black Forum on Facebook. Join the watering hole, a place to quench your thirst for knowledge. And now, listen to Hush Smoke Black. Well, you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man. Hey, y'all. <coughs> Welcome back, sir. <coughs> Welcome back. Hey, we are. We uh got got the uh, some uh, what else going on in the world? Yeah? We we uh getting back out here a little late, but uh, uh did we cover we covered the president uh, and the executive action. Got everybody upset. The Republicans, anyway, they all upset. Talking about doing everything from impeaching the president to putting him in jail. Next thing, you know, they'd be uh, talking about forming a lynch party. Hey, but they killed Lincoln. Lincoln. <laughs> the last time somebody issued a uh, 
and he missed uh, uh, an executive order that affected this many people. <laughs> Y'all know it was that uh, Emancipation Proclamation thing that Lincoln, President Lincoln, issued to uh, dealing with freeing the slaves. Uh. <laughs> the last time somebody issued an executive order that affected this many uh, people, it was that Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah. Oh, they wound up killing Lincoln. Yeah, they killed Lincoln. That's what that thing was about. Yeah. They didn't just he didn't just die by chance. That wasn't that a Confederate sympathizer? Wouldn't boot uh, John Wilkes boot a uh, Confederate sympathizer? Oh, they killed Lincoln because of that thing. Yeah, that's what that was about. I, now, I, I ain't saying that it ain't gone. Surely they wouldn't do that to this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> somebody said, oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Surely they wouldn't uh, go that far. <laughs> With this president, would they? Hey, to. Somebody shot uh, Reagan. They killed uh, Kennedy. So, you know, we ain't put nothing past uh, the insane. The insane will do anything, yeah. Uh, and they railing against uh, the president. Uh, a lot of them was railing against the president just because uh, of his color, yeah. Hey, that's just a fact. That's just a fact, yeah. You got a lot of people that don't like this president just because of his color. Hey, somebody said, oh, yeah, what, 20%, 25%, 30 percent Hell, that's 70, 80 million people, yeah. <laughs> and it cuts across the perspective. Let's hope that uh, that it don't get too uh, bad. Uh, let's hope it don't get to that. I certainly uh, won't put anything past uh, these folks. Mm-mm. I won't put anything past these folks. Yeah. We. Uh, Hey, uh, Falcons in town. Oh, hey, uh, we're going to do some sports, y'all. You know we do that, too. Oh, yeah, we we multi, uh, multi-dimensional multi out there on the Hushmore Black Forum, yeah. We're going to do some sports. We're going to do some sports out here. The Falcons in town playing the Browns, y'all. Now, the Browns were, were the Hushmos, uh one of my early childhood uh, teams there. I used to root for I saw the first game Jim Brown played, y'all. Y'all don't know? I saw the first game Jim Brown played. Yeah. 1957. But uh, I still root for the Browns, as a matter of fact. Except uh, when they play in the Falcons. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a homer now. I'm a homer. I'm a homer. I root for the Browns, except uh, when they play in the Falcons. Now I'm gonna have to call. I'm gonna have to call uh, some folks up there in uh, OH10. See if I can get a bet or two. 
I hate to bet against the Browns. But <laughs> I'm going to have to uh, get a bet or two. The Falcons, what, four and six? You know, the Falcons can mess around here, beat New Orleans, and beat the Panthers, and mess around at six and ten and win the division. Yeah, that's possible. That's mathematically possible, yeah. <laughs> if New Orleans lose out and Carolina lose out, and we beat both of them jokers, now if they lose out and uh, if they both lose out, that automatically means we beat both of them one more time. And we the uh, champions. We're going to win that whole thing, y'all. Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? That's 6 and 10. If we did win for two more games, and that those were the two we won. From this point out, we could theoretically wind up at 6 and 10 and make the playoffs and be there. <laughs> hey, y'all, I'm just saying. I'm just talking about what's possible now. Right? Hopefully, hopefully we're going to win. Hopefully we're going to win out, wind up 10 and 6, which is possible too. We might mess around and win out, wind up ten and six. But if <laughs> there's all kind of crazy scenarios that could happen here, y'all. In the hospital right now, just lay, lay one of them out. Hey, the Braves traded Jason Haywood, y'all. I'm mad. I am mad. The Braves traded Jason Haywood, one of the most dynamic players in the game. Of baseball, that guy is one of the most dynamic players in the game. 24 years old, they traded him. Now, I believe that's going to come uh, back to hunt them. Time will tell. Time will tell. Now, I'm mad at the Braves. Now, I'm a big fan of the Braves. I'm mad at the Braves right now. They traded uh, one of my favorite players. Now, here's a guy, 6'5", 235, that can run <laughs> like a deer. The best right defensive right fielder in the game. And the Braves traded. Uh, for some pitcher that uh, was, I don't know what the pitcher was, he barely over 500 last year. Now, I think that move's going to come back to hunt them, yeah. I believe Jason Hayes was in a much, much better place uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals than he uh, was here because the manager here didn't have a clue what to do with him, how to play him. You got one of the most dynamic uh, players in the game, bar none, and this guy. And... uh, this manager had him hidden all over the place, from everywhere from leadoff to fifth to sixth to seventh, to, you know, craziness. It's, it's going to come back to hunt them, you yeah. The Hawks, Hawks playing pretty good ball. They're playing about 500 ball right now. It's early in the season. They uh, have a chance to uh, to be a pretty good team. 
the Hawks have a chance to be a pretty good team. They're still missing a piece or two. So is everybody else. So is everybody else. So uh, we just think that uh, what else going on football-wise? How Can anybody tell me why Florida State is not number one? Anybody? My Facebook friends, anybody, can anybody tell me why Florida State is not number one? The defending uh, national champion ain't lost a game in two years. <laughs> they still, they 10-0. They lost a game in two years, and somehow <laughs> they're not number one. Now, in my mind, in my little crazy thinking, if somebody finished the season, if somebody finished the season, they're the national champion. That next year, going into the next year now, in my little, little crazy reasoning, I'm thinking that team should be number one, started off the year, and until they lose a game, should remain number one in the rating. At least now we've got to play all the sell all that stuff at the end of the year with this playoff system. But until they lose a game, <laughs> They have got to remain number one. Uh, if you don't, uh, you know, and you got some team who has lost a game in front of them for some reason. How does that? Uh, how does that work? Uh, you got the best player in college. You got the Heisman Trophy winner still playing, still playing at a hell of a high level. Oh yeah, you got some issues off the field. But that ain't got nothing to do with the football field. Those issues off that football field ain't got nothing to do with the play on the field. Has nothing to do with it. Why that team is not number one, I don't know. Could it be? Somebody got some kind of bias against uh, Jameis Winston? Could that be? Could it be that someone, I don't know, y'all, should we go there? Should, should we go there, y'all? We were going to do it. We was going to queue up a, a little segment here for a friend of mine. I think we ran out of time to do it. We're just going to key up a uh, I think we ran out of time to do it, yeah. I'll have to get this in uh, next week. We'll get it in next week. We'll cure it in uh, next week. We'll cure it up next week, and uh, we'll start the show. Got this uh, dynamic comedian that uh, we want to give some play. 
We're going to bring him on next week. We're going to let him do a whole segment on the High School Black Forum. We're going to we're going to get him in. That sound like that sound like somebody from Ohio calling into the Hushmo trying to trying to talk about the Browns. I believe that was just going to the call this caller that's calling in to the Hushmo Black Forum. He on the he on the other land. He on the wrong land. Talking about uh, you want to talk about the Browns and uh, we're going to have to. Uh, We have to get him out here talking about the old Browns. Uh, my team, my childhood team, one of my childhood teams. I mean, I was a child in 1957. Surely I was 12. <laughs> 12 years old, I mean, when Jim Brown broke in. Uh, I hate to bet against them now. I will. I will. Yeah. I definitely will. But uh I don't know who's the favorite got they six and four and we four and six. So <laughs> but anything can happen in that NFL on Sunday. Anybody can win on any given Sunday. Anybody can win that thing on any given Sunday. Yeah to tell you. So, and the home team mostly, I think the home team went at about a, I don't know, I know it's over 60%, right? So the home team's got a, a, a distinct advantage with that crowd, with their crowd. They got a distinct advantage. So, we feel pretty good that we're going to win that game tomorrow. But I've been disappointed before. We lost the game. <laughs> with a minute fifty-five uh, seconds uh, left, and we got the ball first down. We lost the game like that. Another team didn't have any timeouts. We lost the game like that. You know, so we ain't, we ain't put nothing past what can happen, <laughs> what might happen, but we uh. We uh, feel pretty good. We feel pretty good about the game coming up tomorrow. We're really uh, optimistic, as they say. <laughs> We're full of optimism. We're full of optimism, y'all, about this game coming up. I even had my Falcons uh, jersey on today. Uh We had, uh, let me see. And hey, we're going to take another quick pause for the calls here, y'all. We'll be right back. We're going to be right back to close this thing out. Y'all hang in there. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey. website and just uh, uh, 
just uh, you can from there you can leave me an email. Oh, what's your email address? You, you don't want your email address on the line. Okay, Hushmo Black at HushmoBlack dot com. Hushmo, Hushmo. Just Hushmo at HushmoBlack dot com. Yeah, you can get me there. Leave me an email. We'll get together for lunch. All right. Yeah, what what else going on up there? You get you guys ain't got none of that nasty weather up there in the Midwest, do you? We had uh, snow last week. Okay. I mean that thing in Buffalo looks scary, don't it? Yeah, seven foot of snow is pretty tough, man. <laughs> Imagine what's going to happen when it when it melts. <laughs> well, I don't know if it ever melts. Yeah, water going to be all over the place. It's supposed to get up to forty five degrees up there. Uh, people's, the day, uh, I guess people's roofs are probably taking a heck of a beating. Yeah, they got roofs caving in and stuff. You know, they don't build houses like they used to. No, they put them roof rafters on uh, 24-inch centers. Uh-huh. And that rather, than, uh, rather than 16. But mm-hmm. uh, I see the Keystone didn't go through. I knew that wasn't going to go through. Yeah, what happened? They're just making a bunch of them. The Keystone Pipeline. Well, you know, uh, I, I got mixed emotions about that thing. What do you think? You think that's a good deal or what? Well, I think it, I think it might hurt local. Uh, I think it might hurt the production that's going on here in the states. Myself. Yeah, because that's all Canadian stuff, right? It's all Canadian oil, whatever, whatever. Yeah, and if you throw more oil on the market, it probably cause the price to go down. And you know, uh, drillers here in the states. They got a lot more overhead and higher labor than they do elsewhere. Well, you know, the president trying to keep uh, some more uh, workers in the country there. <laughs> so they trying to keep them uh, cheap labor in the country. I don't know what's going on with that. Hey, well, Yankees, he's trying to stack the deck. That's what he's trying well, to well, do. Oh, trying to stack the deck for who? The Democrats? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mr. Bianchi, you know what? I got about twenty four more seconds here. Uh, uh, give me a give me a, a, a shout out when you get to town. I, I'll get you some lunch. I'll, I'll get you some good uh, uh, southern cooking here. All right then, Hushmo. I'll give you a holler. I just sent you an email, so I'll check you okay. out. Okay, uh, we'll do that. I look forward to it. Hey, we got to get off of this thing right now. Here, we'll see y'all next week. All right, bye. Bye. Hey y'all, that's gonna do it for the Hushmo. Uh, we got to go. Uh, until next week, y'all. You got me to hush, but we ain't plum out of time.
Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.